let the second round begin as we got all four series in the east and the west ready to go in the nba playoffs we got heat knicks celtics sixers in the east lakers warriors and suns nuggets in the west lebron and steph will match up once again in the nba playoffs and we are going to break it all down on this episode of baller island we'll talk second round nba yes we're gonna sprinkle in a little nhl playoffs too with the leafs finally breaking the first round curse advancing past the first round for the first time in 19 years we'll talk a little bit about that as well but mainly focus on the playoffs in the nba second round We'll backtrack to the first round, recap that, talk about some of the teams that have been eliminated, and a whole lot more. So keep a lock. Got a lot of playoff talk coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back to the island, folks. Jay Sohoda, Bilal Lahi. We got NBA. We got NHL playoffs. We got everything's going on right now. Obviously, we I don't think we've talked in literally a single minute of hockey in like the two, three years that we've ran this podcast. But hey, as most of y'all know, we're from Toronto, so we cannot start this podcast without saying the Leafs finally made it out of the first round for the first time in 19 years. But they're down one nothing in game one against the Panthers right now. We got to at least put that out there, man. That was a pretty big deal. Be I want your thoughts on that in a second. But in terms of the NBA playoffs, we got the second round that we hope for. We got Knicks and Heat right now. No Jimmy Butler. We'll talk about that as well. Lakers, Warriors, Steph, LeBron tonight. That's going to be a banger. We'll talk that as well. Nuggets up 2-0-1. Phoenix is the time to take them seriously. And then, based off of last night's game one in Boston, I don't know what kind of B we're getting. And I don't know what kind of podcast this is going to end up being. So, B, how are we feeling after last night? Yeah, last night, you know what? Honestly, the last three days were pretty shitty. I can't lie. I mean, we talk about hockey. I mean, I don't. We don't. I don't really care too much about hockey. But if I did root, I would be a Bruins fan. I see them blow a three-one lead, choke away a. They were up one goal with one minute left, and they choked away in Game Seven after having the best regular season in NHL history. So talk about a choke there. Then yesterday. I have my own, you know, finals in my in my playoffs for basketball. We lose in the finals, oh. and then at the same time, I come home and I find out, oh shoot, James Harden turned back the clock and dropped forty five, and the Celtics lost. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty rough three days, man. That's that sounds good, Lord. Everybody, everybody sending their well wishes to be right now, man. That's a that's a pretty uh, jeez. Good lord, but the good news is this uh, it's only game one, so like I, I think they'll be fighting. Tatum was sensational throughout this game, but then I don't know what the hell happened late in that second half. And I haven't seen this version of James Harden in forever. And for him to do that without Joel Embiid, who won MVP today, very well deserved. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive the way that he came out to drop 45, put the team on his back like that. That was pretty impressive. Um, but, I mean, it, it's still a long, a long series ahead from there. But it, I thought that was funny. At the end of the Celtics game yesterday, everybody was kind of stunned. And then Reggie Miller goes, Boston's still in mourning after the Bruins loss in Game 7. And then yesterday, I was like, bro, that's cold. Um, all right, but where, where we want to start, though? I guess let's let's might as well start with yesterday's Sixers-Celtics game. Um, of course, it's only Game 1. Like I said, Game 2 will go tomorrow night back at the Garden. I think Boston will end up bouncing back. Um in getting tomorrow night's game. But again, like I don't think Embiid will be back, but if he does, if he, do, or rather if he doesn't come back Wednesday night, if I'm Boston, I got to get this one before he comes back. You don't want to go down 0-2, go to Philly, and then Embiid comes back. You don't want to do that. I have a feeling Embiid is, is out for like a while, to be honest with you. I just have a, I have a feeling. And honestly, I like this matchup regardless if he was playing or not. Um, Cause I was like, he's he's just too slow, and Boston's gonna run him off the floor. You know, his conditioning's not gonna be there after taking like a week off. Like, it's gonna take him a, some time to get back into it. Um, so I, I was kind of cool with whether he plays or not. But um, yeah, man, this this uh, it was almost like Philly was in an advantage that he didn't play yesterday because Boston kind of let their guard down the second they found out he wasn't playing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. That's like typical Boston, man. I'm not even surprised about this shit anymore because 
Same stuff happened last year against Miami, against Milwaukee when they were up, you know, like they lost the first game at home. So it's been like this for two years. And then we saw this in the Atlanta series too. They just they just like to make stuff difficult for themselves. I don't know why. That's easy. Yeah, that, that that's basically what what it what it kind of is. I mean, it was like at the end of the Hawks series, and now at the beginning here. But what um, but we'll we'll see what happens. But again, I think we'll have more of a more of a better input as the season goes or as the series goes on, rather. Um, and we'll kind of see how that goes. But I mean, speaking of Miami too, they ended up finishing off Milwaukee, which was just insane. And I find this just crazy. It's like every year we have this kind of this this conversation, and it's like. When did the NBA and the NHL playoffs decide to just take on and add in a little bit of March Madness into it? Like, I don't understand. We saw Purdue go down in this year's NCAA tournament. We saw the Bruins, like you said, historic season, never happened before in the NHL, losing the first round to an eight seed. And then in the NBA, you had Giannis and the Bucks lose in five games to the eight-seeded Miami Heat, which none of us really thought were going to make a run. And now all of a sudden, they look like one of the better teams in the playoffs. But obviously, a lot of that has to do with how Jimmy Butler's been spectacular throughout this playoffs. He's obviously a little banged up not playing tonight. But if he's able to come back, Miami looks pretty damn scary right now, especially against the Knicks. I kind of like Miami against the Knicks right now, although the Knicks are a little banged up too, but Brunson and Randall are back tonight. Um, shoot, can we, I don't know if you want to talk about like the past series at the end of this, or you want to do it first, because, um, some of that Bucks, uh, Miami series is definitely worth talking about. Um, and we could talk because like, honestly, even on the Bucks side, like we, I think we got to address some of these teams that have fallen out. So maybe we'll save that towards the end. But in terms of this series, New York and Miami, I'm actually, I was leaning towards New York. And it was more so because um, I know they're gonna they're gonna play lockdown D, and it, to me it was only a matter of time before Jimmy runs out of gas. Like he's doing literally everything for that squad, and you're gonna try and do everything again after going through Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, and now you got to do it against Josh Hart, Mitchell Robinson, and a Tibbs-led scheme. And I'm like, I, I think that's just too much for one person. Um, so I, I picked the Knicks to win this series, but this thing should be going seven, man. This thing is – this is an old-school series as you can get. Agreed. I, I like it, man. And I think, again, if – for me, if Jimmy Butler comes back and he's healthy, even if – I think the Knicks will probably take tonight's game. But if Jimmy comes back healthy and he, and he picks up where he left off, I can't see anybody stopping this, man, unless the Knicks find a way, which they very well could. Like, Tibbs knows Jimmy Butler very, very well. So, you know, that could be a factor too. But just the way that he's playing, man, and how dominant he was against the Milwaukee Bucks was just like that. That was a sensational performance, what he was able to do, man. Like you don't see a performance like that. Forget obviously in just the one game was insane. But throughout the series, it was like the last two games. Yeah, that's throughout the series was just like, man, this dude wants it. And Milwaukee was just like shell-shocked, man. Like, they didn't know what to do. It's crazy. It was, it was absolutely crazy. Um, but no, I, I kind of I kind of like Miami still in the series. I still kind of like their experience. But again, if, if Jimmy Butler comes back, he's a little banged up. Tibbs and the rest of the squad ends up take, taking advantage of that, and they start playing the, the defense that they have throughout this playoffs, which has been fantastic. Then I think the Knicks might have a shot, but I, I still kind of like Miami. Still kind of going, going their way. Yeah, uh, Here's where I'm like, um, like I saw what they did to Donovan Mitchell after Donovan Mitchell went off, and they bottled them up the rest of the series. They they really did. And I know Josh Hart, um, is at least gonna make Jimmy Butler work, right? I mean, maybe I'm thinking if this was a first round matchup, it'd be different. I'd be taking Miami. Um, but like to me, it's just like yo, I think he's gonna run out of gas. The the only thing that can't happen if you're New York is there's a few things. There's one game one we saw Jimmy get hurt. There's a like, you know, he's still playing, but he's not, he's nothing at all. Like he's hurt. It's so obvious he's hurt. And they didn't attack him whatsoever. Like they didn't got go at him. They didn't make him move. Like he was not gonna do anything on defense. He was just basically standing there being Jimmy Butler, but not doing anything, right? Um, you see that in New York, you gotta attack him. 
And then the second thing is all your focus is on Jimmy Butler. You cannot have a dude, and I can't believe this dude has now had two big-time playoff games this playoffs, and Kyle Lowry pitch in. Like, that cannot happen if you're in New York. Kyle Lowry, at this point in his career, cannot be the reason. Um, because to me, he won them that game. Like, defensively, what he was doing, um, pitching in on offense. Jimmy Butler didn't really do a, a ton in game one. But, like, that was really uh, Kyle Lowry's game. And if you're going to lose to a, you know, 80-year-old Kyle Lowry at this point, then you don't really deserve to win that game. Damn, why are we going to do cake? Kalo like that man. He, he he can still ball a little bit, but now nah, I know what you're saying. He's still, you know, obviously at this point in his career, you can't let that happen. But hey, he could turn back the clock too, man, if he wants to. But this, I know, I know what you're saying though. If it, especially when Jimmy leaves, you got to try and take advantage of that, and then to lose, yeah, to Kalo in this spot. Nah, I know what you're saying. I I, I get what you're saying. Um, but we'll, again, we'll we'll kind of see what happens in game two, who steps up. Because other than really him, again, is it Bam, Robinson, someone else got to step up for Miami without Jimmy Butler there. But we'll see what happens. In the West, de- man, okay, first of all, I, there's a lot of angles to look at this, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of shocked Denver's up 2-0, but I'm not shocked, if that makes sense. You called this. I'll let, I'll let you cook in a second because I know you called this. You expected Phoenix's downfall. Now, again, it's only 2-0. Still a little bit of ball left. But so far, it ain't looking very promising. You had Jamal Murray go off in game one. Kind of his, almost like his his welcome back game to the playoffs, if that kind of makes sense, right? It was like, we haven't seen that Jamal Murray in a while. He goes off, and then last night, Jokic goes crazy, and Phoenix couldn't do anything. I mean, defensively, Denver did a heck of a job. Phoenix was held to only 87 points. First half was a slugfest. Despite Booker dropping 35, nobody else on Phoenix could do absolutely anything. Nothing. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, talk about some, yeah, there's so much to go in this. I mean, we saw, I mean, Embiid won his MVP today, but like just watching these first two games, and like Jokic to me is just like, honestly, he's so good. Like he can have, he could play with me and you, and we'll win 50 games. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's making Aaron Gordon look like a baller. He's making Bruce Brown look like a baller. And now if Jamal Murray gives any flashes of Jamal Murray from before, holy smokes, this is a team. The Denver part of this is like, yo, they're leaving Aaron Gordon wide open. Aaron Gordon is putting up numbers. Every time Jokic gets the ball, something good happens. They have no answer for him on the other end. And then you had a game yesterday where Jamal Murray, I think, had six points up until like late in the fourth quarter. And they still won and still hold you under 100. I mean, you know, Denver looks so good, man. They look so good. They're, they're really fun to watch, too. I'm just like KCP hit a couple big threes. Um, I'm all in on Denver. They've been... I mean, I mean, I've, I've been saying this from the beginning about Denver. Like, I knew they were this good, but I didn't think they were going to be this good where they were going to go up 2-0 on Phoenix and beat them fairly convincingly. I know it was close at times, but they're just dominant. And when you got different dudes doing it on different nights, that's that's huge for this team. When I look at Phoenix, man, I don't see and now Chris Paul doing his usual annual stunt of getting hurt somewhere Shocker. in the playoffs. Yeah, so huge surprise there. Um, that's a huge blow in itself for Phoenix, of course, once again. But other than Book and KD, nobody has done a thing for Phoenix in and games KD one or like two. And trash man. yesterday, to be honest. KD played awful yesterday. I, uh, the Phoenix part is like, well, just from the first series alone, and I was saying this the second Phoenix got put together. But from the first series alone, I think more people realize it when it's like they have no depth. They had to play these guys 45 minutes a game. KD or Chris Paul, one of those two were bound to get hurt. Chris Paul gets hurt. Um, KD didn't play well yesterday. Book has been playing otherworldly in these playoffs. And yet every single one of those Clippers games was close without missing the two best guys. Um, now here it's like, they're just playing some good competition and they're getting blasted. I think I saw it was actually interesting in the first game. I think 
Phoenix shot 56% and they lost by like 20. How is that possible? They shot five threes through the first half. Five threes. In 2023, they shot five threes. You have Chris Paul, Book, and KD, all mid-range assassins, but like five threes ain't going to get it done. You're losing by 30 points on the three ball. That's not going to work out. No, not at all. And But that's sort of the, the, the depth point I was going to make that too. It's like, I think, obviously, when you make that trade for KD, you're like, oh, my God, KD will book and CP3 and 8 and whatever. Phoenix, Phoenix gonna be the, is going to be the favorite to come out of the West. But now you look at it and it's like Johnson, Bridges, Crowder, like those dudes were huge for this team. And not even that. It's like, well, especially on that championship run, you're getting like, 10, 15 points from all three of those guys on any given night. And in the playoffs, that's huge because that takes the load off of anyone else. And then when Book does what he's doing right now, dropping 35, 40 a game, you're going to you're gonna destroy some teams. That's exactly what Phoenix did. But now they got nobody. And even when KD struggles, he's still dropping 24, and that's not enough. They can't do anything. When you're getting only eight from Chris Paul, 14 from eight and two nights in a row. That's not enough. Okogi gives you two. And then off the bench, dude, off the bench, I think they only they only had four points combined of guys coming off the bench. Like, that's not going to get you far in the postseason. And then, of course, Denver's getting a lot of work on it. And KCP was fantastic for the Nuggets last night, too. They're getting they're getting it done. They got they're getting it done for multiple Gordon's dropping 16. They're getting different guys involved. So, I don't know, man. Rise of right now, I mean, I know before we said this, I was kind of leading towards Phoenix. But, man, it, it ain't looking pretty right now, man. It is not looking good right now. I think Denver Denver, Denver might win this in six. I'm thinking five, to be <clears throat> honest. I, 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 To be honest, like, from the second KD got there, I was like, you know what? I know it's KD, but I didn't think that trade was worth it. I thought they would have been better off keeping their squad. Um, then, you know, it gets to the thing. I was like, yep, you know, KD's there. A team never goes, like, wins the championship in the, in the dude's first year. And then it's like, yo, Chris Paul, like, isn't the same Chris Paul. Like, he's not even that good anymore, one, right? KD is, like, not KD KD because he's like, yo, I just got here. This is Book's team. Like, I got to play second fiddle. And then Aiton's not even that good either. So, like, your big four, it's like a one in Booker, who's their best player, and KD, sometimes we'll see flashes of KD KD. But, like, it's been more of the name KD than, like, prime KD, what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? He has not had, like, yeah, agreed. Game yet for Phoenix. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just it's just been book to be honest. Who's been hooping? Um, and honestly, Monty Williams has been not as not great as well because last year when these guys played, I get like Denver was missing all of their guys, um, and the Suns won in four. But what the hell? They 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 attacked Jokic in every. They pick and rolled Jokic to death. Had Chris Paul killing. Um, Jokic on every single pick and roll and I'm like you now have Chris Paul to do that you have Booker to do that and you have KD to just attack Jokic all day every day um, and they're not doing it at all so I don't know what is going on that whole thing is a mess and now you traded up four first round picks for who knows how long this window is going to be open for yeah it may not be that long to be honest but um, I think you made a good point with Devin Booker he really is the only guy who's going crazy for the Suns really this entire postseason, to be honest. Um, even in that Clipper series, it was like books, the one that's going crazy. KD hasn't had that signature game in a while. So I think that's a good point that you made, but even then it's like, those are only two guys. Like you need more guys to step up and they're just not getting that stuff. I'm mean, Denver's just Denver's just killing them in like every, in every way possible right now. And we'll see if things are a little different when they go to Phoenix, but I don't know, man. It's right now. It's just Denver just looks way too dominant. And maybe this is this is finally it. Like we've been talking about all this time. Denver's been due for a run. Is this finally their time to make to make that run? And I think it it very well could be if they take if this ends up being two two going back to Denver. OK, we got a series. But I think if Denver 
Denver takes one of these two, hell, obviously if they take the two, it's over. It's a wrap. Um, but if they if they go up three one going back to Denver, I think the series is is Denver's to lose, man. Like I said, right now it's Denver's to lose. Right, right now it's already Denver's to lose. I don't see like in a scenario where Phoenix wins, you're thinking Book and Katie probably combined for seventy. Um, plus Tory Craig gives you fifteen. Plus, like, well, now there's no Chris Paul. Campaign gives you like ten, and Aiton gives you twenty. Like all of that has to happen in like the same game. Um. So it's like a lot to ask for those guys. I mean, even if you were going to like, yeah, we're going top heavy. Book and KD, if they don't combine for 70. Like you almost have no shot. Yep. No, I, I agree. That's literally how it is. And that's not how you're going to win in the postseason. So I don't know, man. It's not looking good for Phoenix right now. We all thought that they were going to be the squad to do it. It's not looking really good right now. So Denver up 2-0. That next game, that's not for a minute. That game three is not till Friday. So they literally got the whole week to prep for the next game there. There's a long gap in between um, in between games in that series. And then that would bring us to the other one in the West, which which game one goes tonight. This game, or not even this game, this series, man, between a six and a seven seed, I don't think there's got to be a more anticipated series for a seven and six seeded teams than there is for the Lakers and the Warriors that are about to go off and we're about to see LeBron and Steph go at it once more. Hey, when you said the March Madness thing, did you see the stat where it was like there's an every single seed is represented in this uh, round? It's like the one, two, three, all the way down to the eight. Everybody's in this one. Wow. I didn't think about that. You have the eight in Miami. Seven and yeah. six here. Yeah. Five, you know, and all the, the Knicks, way through. Yeah. And then who, wait, who, who, who's the four? Oh, the Suns. The Suns. Sun, Suns are the four. Phillies, three. Boston, two. Boston wow. Two, wow. Denver, one. Yeah. That's so. cool. That's cool, man. That's um, cool. That's got to be a first. Yeah, it is a first. Um, Like, who would have thought, like, in the same, you know, playoffs, you have an eight seed beat a one, and then you have a seven and six matchup with each other on the other side. Um, but this series, man, this is like super. This is like ridiculous. So how could you ask for anything but more than this? Um, what I'm looking forward to, like, okay, we got. We might have to have a whole separate. We could spend an hour just alone on Steph and have a whole Steph conversation. That was but disgusting. I don't seven. think. I don't think anybody's even in the same stratosphere as this dude right now. To be honest, I think um, he put on a ridiculous run last year when they had no business winning that championship. And he might damn near do the same thing, man. Like, Poole gives, gave them absolutely nothing in that series. Like, to the point where, like, I thought Steve Kerr wasn't even going to play him. Clay gave him absolutely nothing in that last game. It was him and it was Kayvon Looney that were going to freaking work in that series. Um, so, we know what we're going to get from Steph. And I can't believe we're at the point where, like, do you remember early on when it was like, oh, Steph doesn't show up in the playoffs? Now it's like, you know exactly what you're getting. I was honestly thinking, I'm like, yo, I get I watched Prime LeBron, but Steph might be the best player I've ever watched in my life. Like, there's nobody I'm more scared of when that dude touches the ball. That, like, I know we've we've raved about how awesome Jimmy Butler's performance was against Milwaukee, that 56-point game effort, but... Steph's Game 7 performance against Sacramento, which, first of all, I just want to applaud the Kings for a second. Unbelievable season. Great effort in this series. Like, to take the Warriors to seven games, be in it. Like, they did not. We talked about it for the last week and a bit. They did not look like your normal, you know, inexperienced team that's making the postseason for the first time in 16 years. They did not look like that. I expect the Kings to come back next year and be a lot better. So want to at least give them give them some love real quick. But for Steph and game six, man, like I'm going to be real with you. Like game six, I was kind of shocked and being like, damn, Super, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I would expect the Warriors to come out, you're at home, take care of business, move on to the next round. And the Warriors did not look pretty at all in that game. Like they looked out of sync. They were missing shots. Everything was going Sacramento's way, and it's like, wow, like we're going back to Sacktown for game seven on Sunday. Like, this is getting a little dicey. But for Steph to come out, 
do what he did and be like, nah, you may have gotten it back at our house, but I'm coming to your house and I'm winning this series because I'm Steph Curry and I'm going to drop 50 on you and we're going to the next round. That was just an absolutely filthy performance. Like the way that he was able to dominate, you know, what do you have, like seven threes in that game? Like it's just ridiculous what he was able to do in that game. In a closeout game, in a do or die scenario, you oh, know bro. you can count on. St- like if it wasn't already, if it wasn't already obvious that Steph was if is not one of or if not one of the best point guards to ever do it, that it's those kinds of performances that you look at where you're like, man, this is why he's as elite as he is. When you go in, when you need your star player to show up. In a series where the Golden State was kind of up and down, man. Some games they look back to normal. Other games are kind of like, yo, this is not your, your normal Warriors team. And Steph just came out and said, nah, nah, I'm putting the team on my back right now. That Literally. was an abs- that was a filthy performance, man. Because the rest of the, like, this team has been a mess all year. Um, Draymond's lost like five steps to his game. Clay is not Clay, to be honest with you. Like, he has flashes, but like, the day-to-day stuff with Clay is just so different. Poole, I feel like, took a major step back from last year. Um, terrible series for him. It's just been – it's been like, I'm Steph Curry. Give me the ball. I'm going to take 40 shots, and we're going to win this game. And, like, yo, like, everybody's cool with that. Um, but, like, Kayvon Looney, man, like, when we're looking forward to this matchup against the Lakers – if he can do anything close to what, because I think he had three 20 plus rebound games in that series. If he can do anything close to that on the boards against Anthony Davis, oh my God. Now we're talking like about a real big that Golden State has. When you look at, they had Zaza. Bogut, Bogut was probably their best big during those mm-hmm. runs. Um, Festus Azili, Maurice Spates. Like, mm-hmm. any, any of those guys were like, you know, they were doing their job. Even Kevon Looney from the other runs. They were kind of just there, but Bogut was like kind of like the top dude. Now he's looking like Kayvon Looney's looking like a real big man, like a real dude, a real impact, impact kind of guy. And if he keeps that up, man, this team is is he's definitely like their unsung hero, a hundred percent. I was talking about Kevon Looney last year, man, of how clutch he was for this team. But yeah, for him to come up was huge. I'm not surprised. He's better than people think. And but to have a 20 plus board game multiple times too. That is mad clutch, man. And the Warriors need that. And he's been clutch. And I found Steve Kerr kind of bounced back too. Cause there were times where it was like Mike Brown, man, like he, he was phenomenal in this series. Um, but Steve Kerr made that adjustment where Dre got suspended, comes back. Now he's coming off the bench. Looney's now in the lineup. He starts balling. Dre actually played better off the bench, to be honest. There he had, what did he have, like 20 points, I think, in his first game back. And I was like, this is not your typical Draymond Green. He kind of found a new role coming off the bench, and it worked. It was working for the Warriors. But to your point about Looney, man, he was um, he was sensational. And then we're going to see him match up against AD. That should be interesting. And I know when you look at the matchups here, it's like, honestly, they seem it seems kind of more even than, than you think when you look at this series, but I think everyone's kind of just looking at it as like I mentioned at the top, LeBron versus Steph. It's like, who, who's going to step up? You know what I'm saying? Who's going to have that? Because LeBron hasn't really had that, that elite moment in the playoffs here. Similar. We talked about KD. He hasn't really had that moment either. It's been somebody else for the Lakers that's stepping up and having their moment. But LeBron hasn't had that moment yet. I mean, I think he did uh, in that one game. That went to overtime against Memphis. Um, when he kind of he hit, you know, he forced it to OT and then he did it. But like, I, I get he hasn't had a huge stat line game stat wise, like a forty ball or anything. But looking at this matchup though, I mean, I think my the Lakers have the better team. To be honest with you, um, you can put Vanderbilt on Steph and like that. If you if people have not don't know who Jared Vanderbilt is, they'll they'll know him after this series because. He's going to do a, a, a solid job on Steph. Steph's still going to get his, but, like, he's going to at least make him work. Um, Like, LeBron, AD, like, this series should be AD you, no, and LeBron. Like, nobody's guarding. Like, if, if Draymond's guarding one of you, then, like, who else is guarding the other one? You know what I'm saying? Like, Looney doesn't have the foot speed to, 
to match AD or anything. So if AD is cooking, this could be could be dangerous. And then um, off the bench, like Golden State has nobody. Like DiVincenzo was getting toasted all series long by Malik Monk. Poole was getting busted. Uh, who else is even coming off the bench? Gary Payton is literally a, just a defensive sub. Offers nothing mm-hmm. on the other end. So like to me, I, like the roster wise, I think the Lakers got the advantage. But I would I'm taking the Warriors in seven just because of Steph. Jeez, I got I'm making Warriors in six. Again, I just think like now that they've caught some fire here, now they're gonna take it and run with it. The Lakers, again, they're gonna need a little bit more than someone else, than someone else. Like they're gonna need Braun to be more of himself. They're gonna need AD to be a lot more consistent. The young guys have been great, like Reeves. Rui, Vanderbilt, to your point, like, they, they've got some guys that have been D-low. They got some guys that have been pretty big for them throughout in, in that first round against Memphis. But the there were times where the Lakers got, things got a little dicey, where they, the Grizz were starting to come back, and you're like, okay, like, you know, we got to close it out. And then they did, and then they smoked them in game six. But against the Warriors, you can't really do that. If you let the Warriors back in, you're in trouble. So it's going to be interesting to see who kind of takes these first two games. Now, they're in Golden State, so it's going to be interesting. So if I'm the Lakers, I want to try and get one of these two because everybody knows the elephant in the room, the Warriors stink on the road. So you got to try and get one of these two on the road here, go back home to crypto, and then see what you can do there. But um, when you look at the Warriors, yeah, like you said, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Jordan Poole was, was horrible, really, throughout the whole series. They didn't really get much out of really anybody off the bench, to be honest. Like DiVincenzo didn't really that, get much. It's it was, about like the other, like their others are gonna need a step up. Yeah, it was me right. Like they're gonna need a little bit more out of Clay. I, I think you were right. Like he wasn't really the, the same Clay Thompson that we're accustomed to. Definitely not the one that we saw in last year's last year's postseason run. That was kind of like the return of Clay Thompson. Um, Steph, we already know he's gonna do his thing. Getting getting something from Andrew Wiggins, which they got a little bit out of him in Game Seven too. That's big. If Wiggins can come back and he gets back to himself, that's gonna be huge. And then obviously we already talked about Kavon Looney, um, doing his thing. And then there's there's Draymond as well. We'll see how the how this all kind of matches up. Um, but it's really gonna be like which bench, which bench steps up, and then which star steps up. Like just consistency is going to be key in the series, man, because both of these teams have, have guys that are like hot and cold. If so that makes it, you know what I'm saying? So you don't know day to day what you're getting. Like one day LeBron gets 20 and 20. The next day he gets like 15 points. Fantasy, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Anthony Davis. Like the only real dude you can rely on in this series is Steph. But then it's like, I, I don't know. It's just like, you know, you can weirdly kind of depend on Austin Reeves. Um, but then you can't at all depend on Jordan Poole. Or, you know, it's just like there's so many, like, weird, like, pieces in this one. You can depend on Kevon Looney to get play consistently more than Anthony Davis is, like, way more high variance. But, like, his highs are way higher than Looney's, obviously. Um, it's just it's going to be a good series, man. I Man, this should be fun. Like, I know I, I said Warriors in six, but I hope it's close to seven. Like, this is, like... You you want this to happen one more time, man. You know how much fun some of these matchups have been. Even in the the playing game that they had two years ago was just an awesome game. Anytime you get these teams together, anytime you got LeBron and Steph together, man, it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a game, heck of a series. So I, I can't wait for this one. I like the Warriors in this series, but man, I wanna see one of those vintage LeBron performances, man, at some point. I, I, better I have see a it. feeling it's happening tonight, man. I have a feeling the Lakers are winning game one. Oof. I, I could see it. I can see it. And it's it's I'm telling it, you, it takes it's... the it takes the Warriors a while to like get used to their opponents. And then that's how they keep winning these series. They always win them like late, you know what I'm saying? I feel like they never really win game one. Yeah, well, I mean, they took game one against uh, Memphis. They took game one there. No, no, the the Warriors. Oh, the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I, that's why I have a feeling the Lakers are going to win tonight. I don't know, man. We'll see. But I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the coming off with the adrenaline of Game Seven too. Now you got to get back. Got to get game. focused for Game One. Yeah, typical kind of letdown game, right? 
I could see it. I could see that too. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So what you took me? You had you had the Knicks and the Celtics advancing. Mm-hmm. I had the Heat and the Celtics advancing out of the East, and then in the West, you Denver. You had you had Denver. Denver Warriors. I think yeah. Denver's. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Denver Warriors as well. All right. Um, let's kind of backtrack a little bit then yeah, to, yeah, to some yeah. of to some of the teams that that didn't make it. And obviously, I think we got to start with the obvious one, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And this was like, I'm not gonna lie, it was it was quite a shocker, man. Like, I, obviously, Miami was fantastic. Jimmy was fantastic. We get that. We talked about that, but Milwaukee just didn't quite look like themselves. Like, and I talked a little bit about that last week, where it was like. Once Miami started coming back, and Milwaukee was up at times by double digits at multiple times Both, in games. The last two games, they were up double digits with four minutes left or three minutes left in both games. That's and what they I'm choked saying. Them the most. And that's and that's what's shocking from a top team is usually you'll see them when you're up that much. That's when you got to put your foot on their neck and just not let up and keep going. And the Bucs just didn't do that. It was like the more Miami kind of got gained momentum down the stretch, I just noticed that the Bucs just unraveled at the seams. Like, they just started spiraling out of control, and they were turning the ball over left and right, mm-hmm. and things weren't going well. And it's like, what the hell happened to the squad? Like, you're they're, instead of being – you're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and you're you should feed off of pressure. Not, and, you, and you've already won a championship. That's sort of like this. This should not be foreign to them, and I'm and I'm not even gonna go near the excuse of oh the Bucks have struggled against Miami and the Miami's a scrappy team or whatever. No, that's like that's BS. If that's the case, you should have won this series in six, or you should have won this series in seven. And they beat them four one like two years ago. Exactly, and in this case, Miami whooped you, and they went four one. Miami was the team that came out. They weren't even scrappy in the series. Miami was even more than that. They were like, we're winning this series, and we're going to do whatever it takes to win this series. That's that's what I got, especially out of Jimmy Butler. That's what I got from Miami. Miami wanted it more, and that's why they're still playing, and the Bucks aren't. I don't know what happened, man. I know Giannis was hurt. I know he was banged up, but there's not really much of an excuse to lose in five games. You know what I'm saying? If they lost in seven... Okay, different story, whatever. It's still a huge letdown, but to lose in five games, man, it's um, geez, pretty pretty brutal, man. Not gonna lie. Now, right, there's a couple of things I need to say about this. Is the one is, uh, well, let me say this about Jimmy. When they were down six with two minutes left, and he was talking hella shit to Drew Holiday. I've never seen anybody talk shit to Drew Holiday. Especially when who talks shit when they're down? There's two minutes left in this game and he's down in the game and he's talking shit to Drew Holiday and he's and he just going at Drew Holiday. I've never seen anybody dog Drew Holiday like that. And Drew Holiday, we know, is the most elite on ball defender in the league. And he just straight up alpha him. Like I couldn't believe that. Uh that was like honestly like that that video of Michael Jordan swinging a bat is easy to talk when you're da- when you're up, but nobody talks when you're down. And he was doing it when they're down to Drew Holiday. I was like, oh my god. Um, but there's a couple of things. The one is, Bud, I can't stand that dude. I think he's awful. Never called a timeout when these runs were happening. Never doubled Jimmy Butler. He never doubled Jimmy Butler once in the whole series. Um, which I'm thinking, you double him, hello, mate, like. Make somebody else beat you. Didn't double him. Didn't put Giannis on him. At the end of the, of the last game, he took Brooke Lopez out of the paint, and Jimmy got that tip to force overtime. Like, you have Brooke Lopez who finished third in defensive play of the year. How is he not in the game at the rim for that exact reason? Um, and then the thing is, Giannis was hurt. I, I believe it. But he missed, like, what, 10, 12 free throws in that game? Um, and then at the end of the game, like you said, they were turning the ball over. They were playing like hot potato. There was that tip off, and uh, Giannis caught it and just threw it. They, nobody wanted the ball. It was like they were playing hot potato. Nobody wanted the basketball because um, they didn't want to get fouled. They didn't want to shoot the free throws. At the end of the game, you have Giannis. They don't call a timeout. He's going downhill. He don't call a timeout. Ends up in Grace and Allen's hands. Runs out the clock on a Euro. It was just a terribly coached game, I thought. Um, 
and the players like not wanting the ball, not wanting to live up to the moment was just so sad. That's all. It's crazy that they've already been there and won the championship. This looked like a fraudulent team. Yeah, and that's what's kind of shocking, right? Is you don't expect that out of out of the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Um, what I will say about Bud, and obviously I don't want to take anything away from it because I mean we know that he struggled in the postseason before. Um, but he also clearly was not in a great mental headspace with his brother passing away in the middle of that series. So I don't know if that had to do anything with it. I would assume it obviously has to. Um, and that's, that's like, you know, that that's a lot yeah, to no do doubt. with, you no know doubt. what I'm saying? No You're doubt. coaching yeah. in the playoffs. It's like that. And I know that even if despite any personal matters happening, like I mentioned before, Bud tends to struggle. He's got to, you know what I'm saying? He's got to be a lot better and he has every right to be on the hot seat, which he is. But knowing the news now that I know kind of makes a little more sense as to why Bud would not be his normal self and why possibly the Bucks weren't really their normal self either when you have something like going on. It's almost like um, when KC lost the Super Bowl to the Bucks in, in 21, um, right? We're like, what the, like, yes, we know the Chiefs O-line was banged up. Yes, we knew all of that and whatever, and the Chiefs were themselves. But then later that week after we find out what happened to Andy Reid's um, son, right? And that whole thing. And it's like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, as to you why give they... him a little bit more of a break. Because, I mean, I think um, we didn't find out that news with Bud till a couple of days after. Like a day right? or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, dude, it was like, Honestly, that news like was so big because he might have just been fired, like honestly, like on the yeah. spot. Oh yeah, yeah. And they would have had Nick Nurse come in right away, like. Um, but you got to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit for that. You do. You have to. You 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 literally have to. Like that's definitely something that's gonna take over, not just you as a coach, but for the team too. And if that's if if they had known what was going on. Um, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. But either way, huge letdown. I know Giannis went off in the in the post-game press conference, but at the same time, it's like, you know, this this was a pretty big letdown. To lose in the first round, lose in the fashion that you did, to an eight seed, that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been saying all season, like I think it's Boston and Milwaukee and a collision course, Eastern Conference Finals, and the Bucks just looked horrible, so... I don't know, man. That, so where do you go? If, where do you go now if you're Milwaukee? You just run it back, same squad. Like um, Jay Crowder is getting DMPs, and I don't even understand why they even got him. Uh, do we make a coaching change? Middleton did not look like Middleton at all. Do we try to ship him and get like maybe Dame or like go for another star who's on the block? Kind of like what do you do if you're Milwaukee? Oh man, I don't. <sighs> If I'm the Bucks, I think you got to just run it back. Like, if I'm looking at the East, there's not really many teams that scare the hell out of me. Obviously, we know there's just Celtics. Obviously, we know there's Philly. Obviously, you know, there's, there's some younger teams out there, but it's like, you know, they got to do something. If for me, it might be a coaching change. And I know, obviously, right now would be a real shitty thing to do to tell Bud, yeah, we're going to let you go after, you know, the whole thing with his brother. I would obviously give that some time, discuss things later on. But if I'm being honest, man, it might be a coaching thing. Like, I think that they might need a different, could just someone new, a little more fresh into the building that will help this team play a little more together. And you often see that in the NBA where sometimes it's just a coach do it. We've seen it. Steve Kerr, Mark We've Jackson. seen it. As I'm saying, we've seen it with the Warriors, we've seen it with the Raptors, we've seen it with their Celtics, we've seen it with a handful of teams, right? We've seen a situation like that, where all it takes is one coaching change to do it. Without all due respect to Bud, yes, they won a championship with him, we get that, they've been the one seed a few times, two seed, they've been consistently a top team in the East, but at some point, when are you going to make a change? Because I don't think, this team is 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 loaded. In terms of depth, I, I think they got one of the most they got one of the most depth 
out of all the teams in in the in the Eastern Conference, maybe even in the NBA, like they're like nine, ten guys deep on that squad. Like there's no reason that they should have that they should have lost this series the way that they did. Obviously, it took Jimmy Butler to go crazy, but even then, like we just talked about, the Bucks just did not look good. They lacked heart, they lacked identity, and they just they just spiraled out of control. And that's not that's not what a championship team is supposed to do. Like they didn't have that championship DNA that you talked about. Where it's like they've won a championship before, you got to sense that energy. I just did. I did not see it. I did not see it at all from the squad. Yeah, no. If I were, I mean, coaching is definitely on my list, but I've been saying it all year. They needed some wing help on D at least, because you you're gonna have to go. You're gonna run into the Celtics with Tatum and Brown. Jimmy was going nuts on your wings, because um, Drew's like great, but he's just too small for a six eight, six nine guy, right? Uh, just need some help on the wings to me. Um, some of those I don't even know, like who uh, who I'm thinking of, but like just somebody, you know, this just three and D at at the three. That's what that's what they need from me. Um, but yeah, let's hit uh, let's hit the Kings. Let's hit the Kings and the Grizzlies. Those are the two teams oh. because I think the Kings. I mean, that's a super successful season, super successful season, but you Sabonis. So Completely got outplayed by Looney. So their offseason thing is get some big man help. Um, I like what we got in Keegan Murray. I like what we got in Malik Monk. I like our rotation pieces. But, like, are we ever going to have enough to, like, get over that hump or what? But they definitely, definitely need another big, I would say. I agree with that. I, I No, man. I think Sacramento... Like like I said, I don't have much to really say about them. Honestly, I think I've got a lot more to say about the Grizz. But the Kings, this was an unbelievable season. For year one for Mike Brown to break your playoff, like even if they were the sixth seed or the seventh seed in the West, that's an accomplishment in year one for Mike Brown. But to get these guys play the way that they did, to get De'Aaron Fox to play the way that he did, Malik Monk off the bench, like you said, like, they have a lot of the guys there. I'm with you. Sabonis was really good at times and really bad at times. They definitely need some help uh, I um, with, with the big dudes, for sure. But in terms of, like, where they're going to go from here, dude, sky's the limit. They just needed some playoff experience, and they took the defending champions to seven games. Like, that's not, that's not something to hold your head down about, man. They fought really hard. And they really gave the Golden State Warriors a run for their money. I respect that a lot. And that's something that's going to go a long way for this team down the road. Like, if you can compete with Golden State, and I know this wasn't the usual Golden State Warriors team, and wait, we'll see how far they can go. They can end up coming out of the West and run it back again. Who knows? But the fact that the Kings were still able to do that was very impressive. And I know... There's the Mike Brown thing where he obviously he was the assistant Golden State for a handful of years. He was with them on those championship teams, but still to compete. If you're able to compete with the best, I think you'll be all right next season. I think honestly, Sacramento just got a really tough draw with the Golden State Warriors, and even then, they showed up, man. They showed up. I, I think the Kings have a lot. Of, the future is very, very bright for the squad. Yeah, I'm out worry if I'm going. Uh, Sacramento would just be like. I mean, we see this, like, almost all the time when, like, the team has that one year, like, out of nowhere. And then the next year, it's like they, you know, teams are, like, during the regular season, like, oh, yo, they're kind of getting up for them now. And then it's just, like, a huge drop off. Like, we saw it with Atlanta, who made the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, even New York before this year, they had their letdown year last year. Like, it, it happens all the time. You That's know true. I mean? so, this is true. So that I would be kind of concerned about. Um, I like my nucleus. Like as much shit as I've talked about Sabonis, he's what made it all work. He's the one that unlocked Darren Fox to start playing like this and mm-hmm. unlocked Malik Monk. Um, so like I'm cool with it. At the end of the day, though, you still need a superstar to do anything in this league, right? So yep. if Darren Fox can, I mean, if I'm hoping I'm Sacramento, I'm hoping Darren Fox just continues to get better and starts etching his way into like you know first team All NBA. And we're starting to get there with them. That's that's the the pathway if I'm Sacramento. Agreed. Agreed. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even in your first playoff appearance, De'Aaron Fox played as good as he did. That, to me, is a great sign. But 
There's no doubt his finger bothered him too. Like that's that's true. That makes it all that more. Everybody was concerned about that, and he still came out and balled out. But you make a good point because it's almost like you talked about the Knicks when the Knicks made the playoffs two years ago. It was Julius Randle, right? Julius Randle's their star, right? Julius Randle's gonna be the next, you know, star player for the Knicks. He dropped off, and Julius Randle hasn't really. I mean, he's have he's having a good game tonight, but despite that. He hasn't really taken that jump. Guys. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But De'Aaron Fox, no question, was sensational throughout this postseason. He did not look like this was his first rodeo. But if he's able to take that leap next year, like like you talked about, huge. Yeah, if, if I'm Sacramento, that's 110% the goal. Um, but speaking of making a leap and a jump, because we talked about this all year with the Memphis Grizzlies, they got to take the jump. And they, and they got to get to the conference finals. And you know, this young squad, what are they going to do? And these dudes spiraled out of control is what they did. 100%, man. They they shot themselves in their foot, bro. Like, And honestly, I can't stand the arrogance of this team and how much they talk. But what Josh said at the end, I was like, thank you for at least owning up to it. You know what I mean? When he was like, Oh, his he had mentioned his off court stuff playing a role in their like season downfall, and like that's one of the reasons it happened. I'm like, yo, at least you're accountable, unlike some other people on your team. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we can't talk about this and not mention Dylan Brooks showing up like he's going to a WWE match every night, um, talking all this shit, not backing it up. One, not um. Not even going to the media after, which was ridiculous. How are you going to, like, if you talk, you lose. You got to own it, man. That's that's some loser stuff. Um, and I told you that he's a free agent now. And now we heard today that Memphis said under no circumstances is he coming back to this team. So that's the step for me if I'm Memphis. Reset the hell out of this culture. Kick him out. Get some adults in the room like I've been saying all year. And let's, like, fix up on all the little intangible stuff. Um, I have no idea where Dylan Brooks is going to be next year, but it's it's a good thing he's not there for the Grizzlies' sake. Do you can Taylor Jenkins? No, 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 no. I don't think so. Uh, he's gotten them to, like, a top two seed, top three seed every single year he's been there. Like, And they were, they're ahead of schedule. They've been ahead of schedule this whole time to me. And you just need another piece. I think. Yeah. No, no, no. That's true. That is true. I, I'm with you. I mean, it's not even it's not even a question that Memphis needs to get a leader in that locker room. Like it's not even a question. They I think Steven Adams is just fed up with the squad. Like there's no way that like I mean, I would I think I would assume that he just would want not want to come back to this team anymore. Dylan Brooks needs to get the hell out of there. They're gonna move on from him, thank God. They need I, I think you said it best. They need a culture reset. They need someone else in the room. They got to get some guys that are ready to win. Put that around jaw. Get his mind right. Get this team. You know, they have a lot of great talent. They have a lot of great players. Mm-hmm. But they're immature as hell. And yeah. you cannot. I don't care if you're the two seed in the East. You still have not accomplished anything. And this is what we talked about during this Lakers series. It's why on earth are you talking shit? As if you've done something. The Lakers may be the seventh seed in this series, but you are talking to one of the most established players of this era in LeBron James. And if even Anthony Davis, this is a team that has won a championship. Why are you talking trash to a team that has won a championship before and two of the better players in the NBA, like who have accomplished way more than you ever have? Memphis has an accomplished. Memphis hasn't Memphis hasn't accomplished anything. Memphis, they're just a, a team of young dudes who are just delusional. Like unbelievable players, but they just they're so in over their heads. It's annoying as hell. And it's super annoying. And teams see it and it's just I don't know, man. They talk trash against Golden State last year. They were out the door. They talk trash against the Lakers this year. They're out the door. You can't do that. If you are going to beat these teams. You've got to take a leap, mature, you know, in maturity, not just like as a team and on the basketball court, but you got to have that leadership mindset. You got to be like, we got to go out there and we got to win. 
it's very interesting, man, because when we talk Memphis, it's like it's it's a maturity thing. Like like what's going on here? Like they got the talent, but they need the majority. But then you look at a team like Milwaukee, who has leaders in the room and they have it, but they just lacked heart and energy. You know what I'm saying? It's two very different, very different teams, very different runs. It's like I think one team, like you said, needs needs a, a leader, an actual player, and I think the other one needs a, a fresh new coach with energy that just brings it in, that kind of enlightens the talent. So two different things. The Kings are going in the right direction, I think. I mean, next year we'll really see. But Memphis and, and, uh, and Milwaukee, they got to do two different things here, man. And it's just like they're two great teams. They got a lot of talent but are lacking, you know what I'm saying, just – Milwaukee needs that heart. Memphis needs that leadership. And Memphis, like like you said, delusional. Like everybody kind of thinks, like like Dylan Brooks is obviously delusional. He's he thinks he's more than like beyond delusional, more, man. Like, like I don't you even know. know like he what, thinks look, he's the best player on the floor for some reason. He shot them out of like two or three games at least, and talked his way out of another. Um, but if I'm like I like Desmond Bain. I think Desmond Bain's probably the only. Only dude on that team I really, really like. Um, Jaron Jackson, I think, is a little overrated. Ja is is good, but, like, he ain't – I mean, like, if I'm Memphis, I'm like, I really only have – Jaron Jackson was an all-star this year, but, like, come on. He's not, like, an all-star. You know what I'm saying? He's not a perennial dude like that. Um, I'm hoping Desmond Bing can be that dude for them. Um, and then give me one more guy. Like, I need another – because once they get, you know, Brandon Clark back and some of those other dudes that got hurt, we still got um, Tyus Jones off the bench. A good depth, like they got some depth pieces, but it's just even the depth guys are young. You know, Tyus Jones is young. Brandon Clark mm-hmm. is young. Give me like, I'm. I mean, this ain't even crazy. Like Harrison Barnes might be out in Sacramento, right? Mm. He didn't play that well. I could add Harrison Barnes. He's a vet. He's been there. He's done that. You know what I'm saying? He could pitch in like a little 15 a game, but. At least that's a, a character kind of dude that I want in my locker room um, who, who's seen championships. Yeah, agreed. They need they need someone. Yeah, Harrison Barnes could be a decent piece, but literally just anybody, man, anyone who's been there who is a no-nonsense guy that's going to get this team in the right, going in the right direction. So I don't know. I don't know, man, but it's it's going to be a long off season for the Memphis Grizzlies, um, and we'll end up seeing what the Milwaukee Bucks do as well. Um, all right, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, man. I we don't talk a lot of hockey, but super hot take is uh, the Leafs lose this series. No, eh, they're currently down three two at the end of two in game one. I don't know, man. I look. You, I mean, both of us probably know the exact same amount of knowledge of hockey. We're not, we're not big hockey fans, considering we're Canadian. I know, big shocker. But you know what, man? I just, I would love to see this squad make a run, just to see what our city would be like. We know we got a taste of what it was like when the Raps did it. That was like, unlike anything we've ever seen before. But yet, I think we're all well aware. You know, it was in- damn near like. It was crazy after around one win. I couldn't imagine if if they if they matched up with the Bruins this this round and they oh beat Lord. the Bruins. That would have been, been like, dude. I was literally just they would have hung that. a banner. They would have had. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. We would have had a whole parade if that if that had happened. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I just want to see this city go in a frenzy. So I like you know what I'm saying. Like I just I I knew what it was like with the raps, and I know if if the Leafs actually actually are able to make a run this city would just burst into flames man it would be absolutely insane insane unlike anything that we've seen with the raps it would be like that on steroids it's 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 just insane considering it's like the raps that was the first time ever so that was a pretty big deal but we know how much this city loves the leafs man it's just not like it's 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 unlike some of the other fan base we know the raps are up and coming I know we got the Jays, some of the other teams, but man, it's I want to see the city go nuts. So the Leafs better get this shit together, man. See if they can end up pulling out game one currently down 3-2, heading into the third. All right. 
That'll do it. We'll probably sprinkle a little. As long as the Leafs are in it, at least, I think we'll probably sprinkle in a little bit of hockey here and there. But the, the, the second round of the NBA playoffs should go pretty nuts. Lakers-Warriors game one going tonight. That should be crazy. Um, we'll see if your Celtics are able to bounce back on Wednesday, and we'll see where we're at next week when we, when we come back on the pod. But enjoy the second round, folks, and we will see you all next week. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Enjoy the NBA and the NHL second round playoffs. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.